Welcome to the Three Thirds Rank, One Third Scouts podcast. We are here for episode number 10. And as ever, I'm joined by my fellow co-presenters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. I've um, I've hurt my I've I've hurt my ankles, so I've um, I've had to I've had to push the Joe Wicks to one side. How for... how, how did you hurt your ankles? Ankles <laughs> plural, or yeah, well, um, apparently they can't take eight weeks of constant uh, jump, jumping up and down on them. So I didn't mention I didn't mention it last week. It, I, for the same reason, it didn't start to hurt. Um, last, not last, not last Saturday gone, the Saturday before, I managed to do another 5k, I managed to knock another minute and a half off. So I got under 25 minutes. And then on the Sunday morning, I felt a bit uncomfortable. I was like, oh, it, my legs are just hurting a little bit. It's fine. And then the Tuesday after the podcast, I could barely move, <laughs> barely move my ankles. My ankles had swelled, had swelled up. So I was like, oh, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with them. And then the more and more I looked at him, I was like, something just doesn't feel right. And then I've literally done, I've hardly done anything for like the last week and a half. So it's kind of, my left one's fine now, but my right one's, my right one's still hurt. So I've caught it a couple of times over the weekend when we've been for walks and stuff. So, so you're out, out, out of Project Restart? <laughs> very, very much so. I mean, I mean, I, I thought I thought that my will and uh, would give up before my ankles did. I didn't think I was at that stage where I had to. Uh... I, um, I didn't realize TK Maxx were robbing off with the Premier League's like opening up of shops again. Didn't know they were going with the same hashtag Project Restart. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in, in, injury news up front. I mean, I mean, they might not. They might not have to. Oh, they might have to delay it for a few days until I can get. <laughs> Much fit. Yeah. How's I mean, your um? How's your week been, Simon? Yeah, it's been good. I've been doing a lot of walking. I've uh, really I mean, up, up I mean, my. Uh... The yeah, sunshine's been extraordinary, hasn't it? Absolutely glorious. Yeah. So uh, we went for um, we had a nice little picnic on um, on Saturday. Went to Heaton Park, which was delightful. Found a nice was spot it... underneath a tree. It was it was, was lovely. It busy? It was it was quite busy, although I, you know, I felt we we were still sort of socially distanced from everybody else. I felt it was sort of busy in a in a safe way. I think uh, it has been quite funny watching all these people sort of go down to the beach and then moan, get 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 interviewed about how annoyed they are other people have gone down to the beach. But um, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought everyone was being fairly sensible in Eaton Park on uh, on Saturday. On Sunday, we went for a big old walk around uh, Alderley Edge. It's nice in Alderley Edge, isn't it? I can see why the rich people move there. Yeah, the houses are nice, aren't they, as well? But, uh, yeah, massive. And, like, basically, uh, uh, at one point I drove down this road, just a row of castles, from what I could tell. huge. <laughs> 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 and uh, we parked and went for this walk, and then you sort of end up on this thing called The Edge. And uh, it's all very nice. And then I was driving back, and in front of me there was this like grey, really cool grey sports car. And I don't know if it had a celebrity in it, but there was loads of people just like taking pictures of it was driving long. But it's quite a residential, so we, he wasn't going that fast, and I wasn't that far behind him. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so there must have been a load of people who've mistimed their photo and got a picture of my Ford Fiesta. <laughs> 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 it's you should have got out and took the phones off and threw them. I said, no, I think you've got permission. <laughs> I'm, yeah. 
just because I have a podcast doesn't mean I don't I don't do my own time. <laughs> That's why I stay on the radio so you can't see my face. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully they uh, they all looked up on the phone and uh, when they checked the photos, had some blurred blue Ford Fiestas in there. Yeah. Well, I uh, unexpectedly last week had my delivery of my beer pump that came early. Ah, yeah, not the delivery you were you were hoping for. No, the, the baby you were most excited for. This well, week. yeah, <laughs> the baby is still yet to arrive, so we're, uh, we're overdue a few days. So it could could happen at any time. Um, but yeah, the beer pump arrived, which I was very surprised at. I just got an email saying it's going to come. So obviously, it came. It's a, a slightly bigger than I imagined. Um. So I've had to rearrange the whole kitchen <laughs> just to fit it in. <laughs> uh, but we, we've now got that sorted, so it's up. And then my uh, my second crate of other beers came today as well, so I've got a nice selection to be going through. But, I mean, it and is I, a game changer. I, Having a freshly poured pint at home is is incredible. It really, ta- literally takes the edge off missing a pub, to be honest. How, how hard is it to pour? So now this is the thing. It is quite difficult not to end up with a massive head. So, but I don't know if that's my pouring ability, which I, I don't think it is because I seem to do. I follow all the steps and I do the same thing that I do when I pour a bottle into a glass, and that seems to work okay. But you just end up with a massive head all the time. Now I don't know if a smaller glass would be better or a big. I don't know. I don't know the way around. I've not experimented enough yet to find out the the best way of doing it. But it's good, though. And is there, is there any danger of one of your children sort of walking past and just flicking it on, not really thinking? And No, it's a bit too high. It's a bit too high for them at the minute. Ah. And I've told, I've told them it's for beer, which they're disgusted by, so they're, they're not going near it. But, yeah, so that, that's, been, that's been great. But the only problem What's is it? you have to drink the whole... I mean, I think you've got a 24-hour window to get through one of the things. You can't leave it just sat in the in the thing for a while because then it got, the beer goes off. And how many pints That's... you get in each one? So about four. All oh, right, but you are yeah, not... you are committed to that though. Once it's... you committed, to, yeah, you commit to the four pack within a 24-hour period, I'd say. So, but not other than that, I would definitely recommend one. Well, in the, in the last few days, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before, but the person that lives like directly behind me has a pub in their back garden. So, oh, like wow. in the last like well, the last like week, two weeks especially, where um, they've been out quite a lot. They've been they've been in and out, in and out of the pub, just bringing drinks out and sitting outside. Well, that's yeah, well, saying sitting outside. Well, what I've decided to do today, literally today is we're going to build uh, a garden sofa out of pallets outside. Wow. I mean, yeah. And, so and, 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 uh, have you started measuring up for us, or you, how I've, hard is it to make? Well, I, I mean, I've, I've looked at a YouTube video. It doesn't seem that hard. So, But I'm already, uh, I'm already £220 in oh, wow. to, that, to that little venture. <laughs> <laughs> the, the idea was that pallets weren't that expensive. Yeah, yeah. The, the pallets could have bought. They're not the expensive bit. It's the cushions that are the expensive bit. Oh, 
So, but and the other thing I found is a lot of the cushions to they, they do pallet size cushions. So these are obviously there's a big market for this, and there's a lot of places that sell like pallets, garden pallets, sell for cushions, but they're all sold out. Yeah. So I, said, I said, so I found a place that was relatively cheap. I said we're going to have to get on this quick before it sells out. So I said there's no going back now. So I bought them, two hundred twenty quid done. Well, I mean that wasn't the annoying bit. I found them and it was a hundred and sixty quid for the actual cushions, yeah. And I got them in my basket. And then when I clicked like buy, sixty pound delivery. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a. I, I, I mean, I can't wait to see how it's delivered for sixty quid. It's gonna be incredible. Being a skip. <laughs> so, are they waterproof? Yeah. No. No. Oh, right. So, so what's special about them? They're just the size of pallets. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel you definitely could have bought a sofa for these. <laughs> no, not a garden one. If you buy, if you look on garden sofas, are very expensive. Are they? It's, it's not a world I'm, I'm okay yeah, with. I, I mean, I have looked at like, I mean, we like it'll be quite a big, quite a big thing that we're having. And I mean, something of a similar size in Rattan effects. You're looking at like 900 quid. Oh, so, well. And I'm hoping to get all this done for about 300. So, they, so yeah, so, all, the, all the labour costs you're saving on. Well, exactly. I mean, I'm having to, I'm roping my dad in just as backup, really, just to make sure that if it does go wrong, I can blame him. Very wise, yeah. So, so yeah, so that's going to keep me going for a few weeks. Pallets pallet's being ordered tomorrow. And then I've just got to sand them and paint them and then put them together. And I've got a nice little outside seating area. There's a few people on our estate that have built um, like pallet basins, like mud kitchens and all that kind of stuff. And it, it looks really easy, but I don't know. It's probably one, it's probably one thing a bit too far out of my comfort zone. That... No, wait, I'll, I'll wait you until what, you get on with the Ross Smith arm's really taking shape, isn't it? Oh, it'll be, it'll be delightful when it's done. When we can finally all meet up. Well, we can meet up now. When, when my garden's ready, it'll be brilliant. And we can sit within two metres of each other. We can all... We can all. In fact, it'll be that big. We can all sit on it because we'll be two metres apart. There you go. Genius. Brilliant. We'll see how much... Presumably, because we'll be so far apart, we'll probably all still need to do, use our individual phones when we're recording the podcast together, won't we? <laughs> yeah, we'll still, yeah, we'll still need separate microphones. <laughs> it is going to fit in your garden, isn't it, Ross? I'm just imagining, like... Uh... <laughs> no, I, I've, marked it out on, I've marked it out in chalk in the garden. It fits nicely. I mean, I've been at work today, and you can tell what I spent my afternoon doing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, have you uh, have we have you been keeping up with global issues around the world, Cheesa? Um, yeah, so obviously the um, the the big issue this week has been obviously the the, the death of, of George Floyd in in America and all of the um, all of the protests that have taken place in America, some of which have uh, have kind of well, gotten out of hand for for want of a better word. 
And then there's obviously been the protests that have kind of happened within sport as well. So obviously Lewis Hamilton's been very vocal in F1. Um, Jaden Sancho, uh, and I think, was it Marcus Turam as well over the weekend in, in the Bundesliga? Yeah. Um, the Bundesliga have, have said that, that they support uh, the players' decision to protest, but they are going to, to charge them. I'm not quite sure how that how that works. How do, you, how do you feel about that, Simon? So I think there's a FIFA regulation that basically you're not allowed to sort of protest uh, like after you've scored a goal or, or, or whatever, like on a football pitch. Um, so, so I think the Bundesliga's hands are sort of tied and that's why they, they kind of have to, uh, they have to charge them or whatever they're going to do. But I don't think they'll do anything too seriously. I think it's sort of admirable that sort of young people, uh, young sports people uh, feel they use their platform to, uh, to voice whatever message they want. Although, admittedly, you know, is that because I, I agree with Jaden, what Jaden Sanders was saying? I mean, maybe if, if, if sports people started protesting, saying stuff I disagreed with, then maybe, I, maybe my views on, on sports people protesting might change. But a few Premier League clubs have done, um, have sort of uh, had this pitch taken where they sort of take the knee. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how it sort of plays out when the, when the Premier League returns in a, in a few weeks' time. I mean, you should say in, the FA have come out and said that if normally that um, players shouldn't use make any political gestures within uh, when they're playing, but that obviously with what's going on, then they're willing to take each case on a on a case by case kind of situation and see. So it looks like the Premier League, without coming out and saying they will support any player's decision to to protest and, uh, and express their views, they will go along with it. So quite good from the FA to get that out early before there's any kind of... I mean, I mean, the, the really worrying fact about it is it the protest that it doesn't look like the situation is about to, is about to calm down anytime soon. So, I mean, I would imagine that um, it will continue on in the, in, in the sports world in, in the next week, I would, I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens, won't we? Yes, right. Uh, we'll get on to uh, the rest of the show. Um, so we're going to look at um, Sal Niguez. Uh, so the Atletico Madrid player this week has um, put out a very cryptic tweet, um, which we're going to talk about. Uh, Odi Nagalo as well. There's some news on him um, after what we spoke about last week, which um, has, has been a bit of a U-turn. Um, and then we will uh, finish our... Um, last four games of our uh, World Cup of Premier League goals. So we will be back after this. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast, where uh, we will start with Odi Nagalo, who, um, Simon, up until May the 30th, was going back to China and um, we all thought that the United would have had to go out and, and buy somebody else in, in, in the postseason whenever that would be, but uh, doesn't seem to be the case. It looks like he's staying. Yeah, I think, if, uh, I think we caught... Did we call for it on this podcast last week that we thought Igalo should stay? Well, well you yeah. two might have done. We yeah, said we thought I, he obviously... should stay, but we thought he wouldn't. And, uh, obviously, Edward would listen. And, um, and United, yeah, they might negotiate an extension until, I think, until, uh, until January the 1st. Uh, with no option to buy. Um, and I think he's now going to get paid 130 grand a week. And I think we've paid some money as well to, to keep him for a bit longer. Uh, but yeah, I, say, I think... Sorry? I was going to say, it came out, it 
they say about ten and a half million pound or something, and I'm assuming that is including wages. Is that can't just be the fee that you've paid for him just to keep him first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that fee came out, but that did include the wages. Yeah, which obviously are like 130 grand a week or something. So it's sort of it was a slightly misleading figure, I thought. So I'm not sure what loan fee we've paid, but I think a good addition. I think he sort of really adds something to the squad, and you know it gives them a bit of time to you know take a view in January. I'm sure. I'm sure at the right price he'll be available to buy, or they may may well see that there's better options out there at, at that time. So I think it's a good piece of business by Manchester United. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, no, I think it's good um, that we've got him in for the for the loan period. I mean, I would have liked it to have been permanent straight off the bat, but at least uh, we've got him in for the rest of the season. It gives us the like the summer transfer window to see if we can get anyone else in or get him in. And then if we can't get someone in, then at least it's till the end of January that gives us the start of next season and then the next transfer window to sort ourselves out. So we're not kind of just... It's, I mean, it's not the longest-term plan, but it's a bit longer than just until the end of this season. So, yeah, small steps by Ed Woodward doing half the right thing. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the other thing is, not- how old is it? He's, what is he now? 30? 31? He's-, he's 30, yeah. So he... I mean, if he's it's his last opportunity to get a big contract. So, I mean, I know he's got a decent one at China, but surely, I mean, if he could, I'm, I'm presuming in his head, he's, he's loved United all along. So, I uh, presume he'd want to try and play for as long as possible. I don't think he ever dreamed that United was ever going to be a possibility in his career until six months ago or however long it was. So. Presumably he's well, gonna... I, so I, I turned um, I turned thirty this year, and I, I feel this. I feel like I've got one big move left in me. <laughs> Sky to the BBC wasn't enough. <laughs> I thought I thought I thought this podcast was it, Simon. I thought this was it. This is where this is where everybody's clamouring to be. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm using this as a stepping stone. I feel like you know, obviously the money here is great. A bit like China, I'm on I'm on similar three hundred grand a week stuff, but. You could pay for my uh, my palate cushion. <laughs> I'm not earning that much. <laughs> yeah, no, Sh- I Shanghai, Shengu, or whatever. Yeah. Don't pay that. But what were we say? So yeah, yeah. I just, I just think it, it, it's just good. It's just what we need. Like we said last week, he's a different type of player to what we've got. Gives us something different. He is needed at the club, and I just think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how hard they push for to get him permanent. But I think he could also push to try and make it happen as well. Because I think it, I think if if he got told he could have two two years at United, I think he'd be more than happy with that, wouldn't he? Yeah, actually, I'm, it, it dep- I mean, China. It, the reason he was going back was China season starts relatively relatively soon, doesn't it? I think that was the reason why he was originally going back. Yeah, but I mean, I, yeah. So, I, well, China's season's been rearranged because of coronavirus. So I think it's sort of starting up in the next month or so. And it, I mean, it, I, the timing would have been perfect for him. I always think I know there's no option, but I always think with these kind of deals, when they do get extended and they get pushed to silly times in someone else's season, then it half kind of lends, leads itself to you believe that it will be made permanent at some point. Because it doesn't make sense for Shanghai Shannon if he was that important to load him out at the start of their season to come back midway through, does it? So. Well, the, the thing is, if, if it would have, if he wouldn't have had this, the, the three months that he would have had, he wouldn't have had the second opportunity 
to carry on playing for United up until January. So he just needs to carry on doing what he's doing. But if it goes south and like he's only scores five goals in the next five months, then I wouldn't imagine there'll be much clamour to keep him after after January anyway. So again, he's he's, I mean, he's almost he's, he's almost playing for his contract, really, isn't he? So yeah, but Esky didn't score that many goals. But you had him at Liverpool for all those years, didn't you? Yeah, but I think in the first season he scored like he scored nearly thirty goals that season, and then he played well with Michael Owen. So there was that, there was you're always going to get partnerships like that. Well, one player doesn't necessarily score as many goals as the rest of them. Not with Dwight York and Andy Cole. <laughs> yeah. All right, fair enough. Oh, having said, just mentioned Dwight York and Andy Cole, it reminded me. Do you remember we talked about the uh, commentary sheets? Yeah, Dwight yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, Gary Neville's bought one. Yeah, I saw that. Couldn't believe it. Thought well, uh, Tilsley, Tilsley posted a picture on uh, on Instagram of he's got. A, I mean, he seems to be. He seems to be flying out the door. <laughs> he, had, he had them all stacked up, ready to post. <laughs> he's ran out of biros to write them. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be able to. You won't be able to hear him talk, commentate properly from all the sovereigns and gold that he'll have hanging around his oh, neck. Yeah, what he's making. They're selling faster than outdoor uh, sofas. <laughs> So anyway, Sal Niguez. I mean, th- this th- this announcement's come out just come out of nowhere. So Sal Niguez on three three days ago on on his Instagram had put up that there was a new uh, he's a, he's going to announce his new uh, a new club or a new club the new club which whichever one it may be. Yeah, we should just uh, say that we're recording this Tuesday night, so when it comes out Wednesday, he might have announced it, might have. <laughs> yeah, he may, he may have already. <laughs> so who is he? He's a he's a central midfielder from Atletico Madrid, is he? Yeah. Yes. So, he, but he has been he's been one of those names that's been like half linked. Like when you know when you get all them Instagram United fan accounts, and they kind of say midfielders that they want at the club. Sal Niguez is always in and around them kind of. So he's he's kind of a, a player that's been kind of what the fans want, or he's been touted as something that would kind of sort out the midfield at United or be a big name that would sort out the midfield at United. Um, but I think with the whole thing with your whole Atletico team, there's no real superstars, is there? Like, it, what? Other than Kieran Trippier? Well, yeah, exactly. That's that. He kind of proves the point entirely, doesn't he? <laughs> Atletico Madrid are greater than the sum of their parts, aren't they? So... I mean, he has he has just come out and said, like you say, that he'll make an, his new club announcement within in the next three days. Um, and this well, is he, not, he, thought he, has he not also started following one matter and Manchester United <laughs> and Paul Popper on on Instagram or something? Well, he, he's, annoyingly, he's, he's, he followed David Moyes because I still think he thinks he's the manager. But <laughs> apparently, he unfollowed Atletico Madrid and started following United. But then when I thought. Some of, the, some of this is always photoshopped, so I thought I'll have a look. So he, he is, I think he's following the Manchester United Foundation, he's following Manchester United, he's following a couple of United, United players. He's also following Liverpool, he's also following Alberto Moreno, he's following loads of random people. Like, somebody put underneath in one of the, uh, somebody put an, another comment, I thought, I'm sure he's not out of contract. Nobody's mentioned that, like... No, he's got another so two or three years left on his contract, something like that. He's... He scored the because he scored the first, he scored the goal when Atletico Madrid beat Liverpool one 0 at, uh, at the Wonder Metro. Well, I can't even say that in their stadium. Um, he's he was the one that scored the goal after about five or six minutes. So I, they, they never well, in those two up, games. Then. 
And uh, well, I thought that I thought I would have seen more of that on on Twitter, but I, I didn't. But he's got a hundred and thirty-five million pound buyout clause, apparently. So I don't understand if, if he's under contract. How somebody's if nobody's willing to pay one hundred and twenty million pounds for Sancho, why would United then pay one hundred and thirty-five million pounds for Sounding Yes? Well, then this the well said that with the whole announcement thing, it has uh, echoes of. Um, Griezmann did something similar when he was still at Atletico, said he was going to announce, make a lad decision, but then he announced he was staying, but then the season later he left left for Barcelona, so I mean, it could all just be, I mean, I don't know why you'd ever do it, because all it seems that doing these kind of things, you're just going to really, really annoy your own fans. If you're going to announce you're staying at a club, don't say that there's going to be, just say you're staying at a club, so I've no and idea what's said, going on, but like you say, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem likely that he will be moving. But why? Some, why create this turmoil? But it might be an esports club, so he's not actually going to leave Atletico Madrid. But he's either going to well, you can't really start up an esports club, I suppose. I don't know unless he's the best FIFA player in Atletico Madrid. I've no, I've no idea, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure. It does it does seem very just seem very odd. In it, when we're talking about transfers and. Big teams not spending money, and uh, the the transfer market is going to be completely different. If somebody would just go and spend 135 million pound on on Saudi guys, but I mean he is 25. I mean a lot of a lot of the rumours about Jaden Sancho over the last few weeks have been look, he, he's I think he's just turned 20, 21. Even if you were to pay 100 million pound for him, the the value you would get out of him for keeping him for at least six, seven, eight seasons. Would be would be very nominal if anything. All right, he's going to command quite high wages, but if you were going to say that Jordan Sancho would play for the next ten years for United, similar to what Rooney did, United splashed the money on Rooney, and, and the same with Rio Ferdinand. Obviously, it was slightly different times, but it was still big money for them, and they stayed for as long as they stayed for. And by the end of it, it was it was almost pittance that they signed him for. So we'll, we'll wait. We'll, we'll know tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, Ultimately, I mean, know. I think the big thing is the fact that. I, I, do you know much about him, Simon? No, very little. I yeah, was that's... hoping. Um, I was hoping you'd enlighten me. No, but, I mean, he's, that's... but I, he's one of those players that you do hear about, but you just sort of assume he's going to be good, don't you? Obviously, right. if United sign him. I'll get. I'll get right on the hype train. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he pulls it. Like you don't hear much about him, so I don't think he's pulling up trees or scoring worldies. But then. I don't know if that's a good thing in terms of like for United that we're we're not signing these <laughs> flashing the pans that you think are going to be amazing, but not we're just signing a great like a, a real good seven eight out of ten each week player. But then it yeah, also if he's the guy if he's the guy that can get the most out of Scott McTominay, then <laughs> well, I think he might be taking McTominay's place. <laughs> Well, I mean, unless it's... I mean, the other the other thing is Matic is getting... Matic has got to go at some point, hasn't he? I know he had a bit of resurgence towards the end of last season, but he's he's ageing, so we can't rely on uh, Matic. And then McTominay is very young, so there needs to be some kind of middle ground in there. So it makes sense if we went for him, but I, t- I just can't see it happening. I just thought the whole announcement was out of the blue. There was no real... I mean, I don't think Ed Woodward's become that great at suddenly negotiating transfers that we don't hear about him and then signings come out of nowhere. So I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, just while we're on the subject of transfers, does it does it look? I mean, it seems to change. It seems to change with the wind. But does it look like Pogba's going to stay? Uh, Simon, well, I you... think he'll end up. 
Simon, toss one of your shows? coins and then we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll end up staying um, until next season. I, I, I can't see him leaving this summer just because I think it'll be such a weird transfer market. And I don't think anyone will be prepared to pay a price that United are prepared to accept. And I think the United have got an option to extend his contract by another year. So I think they'll, I think he'll end up coming back, playing, maybe stay till next summer, and then uh, and then and then maybe go then. But uh, but who knows? I mean, it's all it's all slightly up in the air. You know, his agent is the sort of guy who, if they've set their set their mind to moving, then he'll he'll agitate for a move. But I, I think they're moving towards him staying this summer. Because I, I would think that that would rule. I mean, unless that they're going to sell Pogba and buy and buy Niguez, but surely they're not going to play Fernandez, Pogba, and Niguez in midfield when neither one of them really is a holding midfielder. Surely that would just be. You, I don't know. Who knows? If you win every game four three, you still win every game, don't you? <laughs> you do, yeah. We shall see. Um, any more transfer news that you two want to talk about? I think that's pretty much that is it, yeah. it, isn't it? I think so. Uh, right, we'll have a we'll have a quick break and then we'll we'll move on to our uh, Premier League World Cup of goals. Welcome back to the final part of the podcast where we are going to finish our first round uh, of our Premier League World Cup of goals. Uh, so just to quickly recap, last week um, we had um, Sheffield United. Uh, against Burnley, we had Arsenal, Spurs, we had Liverpool, West Ham, and we had Newcastle against Chelsea uh, and Sheffield United were victorious. Um, Son's goal, which I saw, I think I just saw again this week on another Premier League greatest goals ever. Um, De Canio's for West Ham, um, and then Alan Shearer's volley uh, against Everton for um, for Newcastle. So Sheffield United. Spurs, West Ham and Newcastle are all in the next round and so we're going to decide the next four teams to join them um, and obviously discuss what uh, put on the comments uh, at Manx uh, with, uh, with obviously the results that we're going to talk about in a minute. So the first game saw uh, is Leicester against Southampton. So Ross, have you got the, have you got the goals up? Talk us yeah, to- I've watched them. You watched them? Just, just, just watch them to refresh my memory. I mean, I, I, I mean, the, you've not really done Leicester a favour here, have you? Have I not? Well, you picked Jamie Vardy. Well, no, I haven't. No, but it, <laughs> I mean, the goal was against Liverpool, so I. I, I... I mean, what what you're basically saying is, who do I hate more, Liverpool or Jamie pretty, Vardy? Pretty much so, yeah. I mean, well, so. Well, let's, so Jamie Vardy is, is against Liverpool, isn't it? Yes. Which is his... Uh, the ball basically gets lumped forward. It bounce, sets up nicely for him and it volleys it over the keeper um, from about five yards outside the corner of the uh, area. Yes. Which is it's a decent strike. But then Matt Letizia is against Newcastle. Uh, is when the ball gets play to him it's kind of behind him so he has to flick it with his heel to bring it in front of him then he volleys it past one then he knocks it over someone else's head Gazaresque, and then coolly sides foot it in the in the bottom corner um, I mean 
Letitia was the was it, he was the god, wasn't he? He scored. He was the he was the greatest scorer of great goals that I think the Premier League's ever seen, wasn't it? Well, he, one of the reasons why we why we kind of did this challenge where we would just pick one one team could only have one player was purely because it was pretty much because of him. Because of, well, he'd scored, I think he, I think there was about, I think even in that game he scored another goal, which which could have quite easily made, which could have quite easily made this challenge. Was to score two absolute worldies in um, in one game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I don't, think, I think you you watch that, and I think there's lots of moments where you go, oh 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 oh, I think there's lots of moments where you go, that's that's brilliant, that's brilliant, that's brilliant, in it. Well, isn't it the Jamie Vardy one? I don't know. It's a, it's a good strike, but not for me. Simon? Yeah, yeah. I think I broadly agree. I think the Vardy one, you know, like one-off thunderous strike, but there's so many elements to that Letizia goal, isn't there? <laughs> Just like the flick and the over the head. And so, yeah, to, for me, it's uh, it's Matt Letizia through to the next round. Yeah, I don't think you can argue. I don't think you could go against that. Well, that's the consensus on Twitter as well. He won sixty-seven percent of the vote. He won. Um, so yeah, so that is that is Southampton heading through uh, to the next round. So match number six uh, sees Wolves against Palace. Now again, um, now whether we whether we've picked the right Wolves goal, uh, but it was a Ruben Neves goal from I think the very first game Wolves had back in the Premier League. Uh, in the very first game at Molyneux, uh, I think it was a Neves free kick from just outside the area. Um, and then the Crystal Palace goal, um, as always, had to be uh, the Andros Townsend goal from last season um, at the at the Etihad uh, when Palace uh, managed to beat uh, Manchester City 3-2, I think it was. Um, so how, how do you feel about these goals, Simon? Yeah, I mean, the Neves one is is good. Yeah, you know, really good goal, and he's someone who does pop up with with good goals. But I, I think the the Andros Townsend goal is incredible. Uh, worth very much worth looking up on uh, on YouTube if you've got the time. The ball just sort of comes out to him on the edge of the box against Manchester City as well, and then just wallops it on the volley, and it gets that just hits the top of the crossbar as well. So you get the full effect. Keeper forlorn, desperately reaching for it. So for me, it's, it's Andros Townsend. Andros Townsend, funny little player, Andros Townsend. I always think it was really good when he played for England, but he's just been bang average. I just got as the occasional moment, and and that sort of sums up Andros Townsend. That goal, you know, just a one-off moment of brilliance in amongst a, a lot of dross. I almost felt like he hit that ball. Like if he say you turned him around and he was hitting that ball towards his own goalkeeper, it would have just carried on at the same trajectory and just gone the seventy yards. It just didn't seem to. It would just yeah. hit it and just carried on going. Ah. Uh, I I think the, that's the one of the brilliant things about it, isn't it? Like, like Jamie Vardy's was a like it was a, like a looping volley. Well, this is just that he's caught it so sweetly, and like you say, it just the power that he must have generated and the the trajectory is just flat, isn't it? He's hit it and it's just it's just flew. There's no there's no movement to it. it. Where he wanted to hit that, it's absolutely gone there and it's flew. It is it's a brilliant. brilliant. I remember like. Because obviously it was a shock result at the time, wasn't it? When Palace beat them, I remember seeing the goals for the first time. I mean, there was a you just like, wow! If that if that deserves to win any game, doesn't it? Incredible! I, I'd have to go Townsend too. Yeah, 
Um, that was the consensus on Twitter as well. That was eight. Um, Townsend won eighty percent of the vote. Now the now the ne- the next game um, was even was even more difficult to find a goal for. So uh, Manchester City, you could have, you could have had lots of lots of goals from Manchester City. I even thought about was it the De Bruyne goal? I think he scored at Newcastle last season, um, which I think hit the underside of the bar, um, very skulls esque. Um, and then obviously there's a company goal which we picked against Leicester. You probably could have had the Aguero goal um, at the end of the uh, 2013 season. Um, and then he, against Brighton, where if I'm being very honest, struggled to find a goal that wasn't scored by Glenn Murray that was either a penalty or um, inside the inside the six yard box. Uh, but we did have uh, Yahan Batch, uh, who scored. Who scored. He's, he finally scored a goal. Um, I think at the twentieth time of asking. Uh, I think it was on New Year's Day of this year uh, against Chelsea to earn uh, to earn Brighton a point, a point that might even keep them up. Um, so that's the that's the two goals for match seven. So yeah, uh, the Brighton goal is is you know it's a good goal. Yeah, you know, I'm not taking away from it, but it's not brilliant, is it? Whereas I think the the company one it is a really good strike, and it, you know it's un- real pressure as well. You know, City were looking like suddenly they were getting a bit nervous, they were getting tightening up. It's a real captain's goal, I feel, from Vincent Company. Not what you associate with him. But they just needed someone to step up in that moment, and you know his, his parting gift really is, uh, has been a, after been such a brilliant servant for Manchester City. I think it's a, a wonderful goal. Yeah, I mean at the Yannick, whatever he's, however he calls it, Yannick, 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 Yahan back. Yeah, get there eventually. I think it like it's a bicycle. It's an overhead bicycle kick, which is pretty special. And obviously, but I think, I think, I think when you're looking at bicycle kicks, you've got to think of um, Sinclair's, haven't you? The one that he did the, ult- for... the ultimate for QPR. Yeah, and then you're also comparing it with like with Rooney's in the derby. So I think like when we talked about Decanio's goal last week about how you you've never really seen anyone try that again. You see, you, I mean. Overhead bicycle kicks you see quite often now. You th- and you compare it to like um, Ronaldo's when he did one of the Bales in the Champions League final. There are a lot. There's lots of better versions of bicycle kicks out there. So it kind of takes it away from doing a bicycle kick. And I think this is the, the Vincent Company one. I think you could argue. I, I mean, it's a great goal to watch. But I think this is the one way. This is one of the first ones where you start to argue about the importance of the goal having having an impact on how great the goal is because like you said City needed something at that point and didn't like doing anything and when you watch it the fact that Leicester are almost saying to like they're almost saying to company go on hit it you're not going to do anything and then he just goes and he absolutely wallops it and he finds the top corner it's a brilliant goal I think that's where you start to see the importance of a goal really matters so I'd, I'd go with the company one it's been, it's been a a podcast of agreement, hasn't it? I know it's been quite friendly this week, hasn't it? Uh, well, yeah, it was a clean sweep on Twitter as well. It was hundred percent, and yeah, I mean, as much as it pains me to to, to say that was probably the goal that won City the league last year. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a great goal from Vincent Company. Right, the uh, the battle of the United Legends is, is match number eight. Um, so we have United up against Everton. Um, so we have Paul Scholes uh, and the goal that he scored against Bradford. 
Um, and we have against Everton, uh, which was uh, Wayne Rooney's goal against Arsenal, uh, which broke their 49-game unbeaten run. Uh, when he, I think he, when, when he was still in his teens. Um, so what do you think about... He didn't break their run. I think... Did he not? No. No, he United broke that game run. on. United did that, Old Trafford. And it was, a, it was a right controversial game as well. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, so how do you feel about these goals? I mean, as a, as a, as a, as a staunch Liverpool... I mean... Can I just say, it makes me laugh. I'm just looking back at the tweets you put out for these. The hashtag for the Rooney one. Hashtag Rooney. Hashtag MUFC, even though it's an Everton goal. Oh, yeah. Hashtag goal. Hashtag vote. Hashtag Cummings. They were some of our our best viewed tweets. I mean, to me... I mean, the Rooney one's brilliant because, it, like you say, it's everyone remembers it because it's uh, you. You just, I mean, one of the things that with that Rooney goal is you remember the commentary, don't you? Yeah, everyone remembers. Remember the name Wayne Rooney. Well, it was match of the day, wasn't it? it? wasn't It wasn't on Sky, if I remember rightly. Yeah, but well, ITV, so it might even have been. Um, yeah. What What did they call it at the time? The Premiership. What was the Premiership? Yeah. But that is a brilliant the way he takes it out of the air and then as a sixteen year old so have the audacity to then curl it past David Seaman, who was a brilliant, brilliant keeper. Um, what run did it break then? because now that yeah, now you're right, but it wasn't the wasn't the, the winning it wasn't the, the Invincibles run, but I'm sure Well you've you've put to end a thirty game on beaten run in the league. Oh, that might have been it then. Um But I don't know about you, sir, but I'm presuming you hold the Paul Scholes volume the same esteem that I do, Simon. Yeah, I mean, so the Scholes volume is incredible. And I, I think he's a, I, I, the Scholes volume is my choice out of the two. Uh, just, you know, the cross is perfect, catches them all out. You know, and then he just, just he times his run. Absolute thunderbolt. One of the great goals ever scored, the, the Scholes one versus Bradford City. The, what I would say about the Rooney goal is, I mean, it really announced Rooney on the on the world stage, didn't it? And you know, and we've never really looked back since then. It, it was such an iconic moment for, for Wayne Rooney, and, and also it was. If, so before I look back on them, I would have just said skulls. I was thinking about it. the Rooney goal was a better goal than I thought it was actually. I, in my head, I thought it was a lot. He, he's actually really far out, isn't he? You know, the, and just sixteen years old and just. Thinking, yeah, I'll ping one in from forty yards against, against Arsenal. Yeah, and gets one of England's greatest goalkeepers. The confidence of youth, but um, yeah, so it's a very good goal, Dwayne Rooney one, and uh, and a moment I'll always remember. But I, I think of the two, I'm uh, I'm going to go for Paul Scholes. Did did Scholes score another one of those goals? Because the the only other one that I was kind of the only other one that I thought about when I was watching some of the goals for uh, for Paul Scholes was the goal he scored against Villa. Um, well, but, but... That, that comes from higher. That comes from higher up, doesn't it? Yeah. What I would say about the goals one against Bradford, I think like I'd never seen anyone like, like take a corner like that before. No, well, we have. I don't think we have corners, have we? Well, you've seen a few people attempt it, but I'd never seen like you. you the, the, like they said they worked on it in the training like I've, corners to me were just something you lumped in the box at the time and then you you hope, hope that someone could edit but that was the first time where 
And I mean, it's like you say, the, the pass from Beckham has got to be immaculate to like, get it at the perfect height for Scholes to run on and volley it. And then I always remember the, the view from behind Scholes and it just like the way it goes through the crowd of people straight into the corner. I, I thought it was the Scholes volley for me is, is, is the better goal. But like you said, the, the Rooney one does go does get some credit for the, like you say, being 16 and thinking you can do that. It's unbelievable. Well, there was a little bit of a, there was a, there was a little bit of a split. I think it was the, um, the, the tightest one on, on Twitter in, in the second half of the, of the draw. Uh, but Skulls did get through 67%. So that concludes the first round of games. Now, oh, wow, eh? what do we want to, should we save the draw for next week? And we'll do the draw live. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. that that'll keep people listening. <laughs> um, and then we do you want to do you want to put and then we'll put the we'll put the goals up again on Twitter um, as the as the quarterfinals it will be, um, and we'll see what and see what response we get uh, this time around and see who comes up again too. I'm already excited for next week. Cannot wait. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.